Welcome to the Being Human podcast, brought to you by Relate Malaysia. Join us in our conversations about what makes us human and why we think and behave in the ways that we do. We'll talk about mental health, emotional well-being, and how we can sometimes feel on top of the world. And other times, like life calls for a large tub of ice cream and a big spoon. So come on in, relax, and let's explore this puzzle of being human together. Hello and welcome to this episode of Being Human. My name is Dr. Chua Sokening and today I'm joined by Tengku Iman, who became the international patron last year for World Mental Health Day, following an invitation for the World Federation for Mental Health. Since then, Tengku Iman has been campaigning tirelessly to raise awareness of mental health issues in Malaysia through her Green Ribbon campaign and has been a vocal advocate for mental health support and ending the stigma that so often accompanies mental health issues. She has also been candid about her own experience with anxiety in the aftermath of the COVID-19 outbreak last year which led to a self-quarantine for the royal family in late March after seven Istana Nagara staff were infected. Today, we'll be discussing what inspired Tengku Iman to champion mental health in Malaysia and father afield, and what she hopes her legacy will be as the international patron for World Mental Health Day. Welcome, Tengku Iman. How are you? Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm good, thank you. Just a bit tired today, but all good. How are you? Yes, um, not bad. I, th- I think like you and like many other Malaysians, you know, we are mm-hmm. sort of feeling this growing sense of fatigue, right? This kind of yeah. never ending. We think it's going to end and then it gets yeah. worse again. We think it's going to end and it gets <laughs> yeah. worse again. It's hard totally, to find yeah. some stability, you know, totally, but, yeah. you know, mental health is uh, issues is such a sensitive thing. So yeah. what inspired you to share your struggle so openly? Yeah, so it's something that was not really planned. I had kind of been active in the mental health scene for like a couple of years before I shared that I had anxiety, but it was something I kind of wanted to keep to myself. And then after I gave birth, I had this interview with New Straits Times at home. And the person interviewing me was kind of like, you know, we were talking about mental health in general. And I, again, unplanned, never wanted to share And then she goes, oh, so what inspired you? And then I said, actually, I have anxiety. And she was like, Mm. she was actually really shocked that I said that. And then she said, oh, can can I put this, you know, in the, you know. Use this in the interview. Yeah. And I said, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And then she said, please, please. She kept, you know. And I said, you know what, let's just do it. It was actually because I was at home and comfortable that I shared it. If not, I usually wouldn't talk about it. So it was kind of unplanned. Comfortable. Do you, regret, and... do you regret sharing it? I regret not sharing it sooner, actually. I wish I had shared sooner, yeah. Because, you know, it's something so, I know it's so personal, but after the interview kind of uh, was published, the response I got from people was overwhelming, you know, just to say that, thank you so much for sharing. You have no idea how much it helped me. Um, one person said they were going through chemo, but the chemo wouldn't kill them the depression would. So they said, thank you. You know, there's a lot of thank you. Um, you know, and I felt like, oh, I wish I shared sooner, you know? Right. It helped you realize that, you know, so many other people are also going through the same yeah, thing. Yeah, of course. And that, you know, it's so nice to make them feel like they're not alone. And I felt like less alone 
Mm -hmm. sometimes keeping this in, you know, this kind of, you know, it's like a burden a bit. As in, mm. as in for me, la, like not being able to be open about it. Even for me, uh, wanting to share about my depression was sensitive. And I remember, you know, my family members, not, not because they're ashamed of it, but they were concerned about the consequences it would have on me, right? We know that, you know, admitting to having a mental health condition yeah. decreases the chances of you're going to get work. It does isolate you from other people. People yeah. do judge you more harshly and to kind of, sort of stigmatize against you. So yeah. it was a big step. And it, it is much easier to say, I've, I go into this because I saw other people going through a difficult time or I know someone in my life who went through a difficult time or even to say I went through a difficult time yeah. last night but now I'm fine yeah. but but yeah. yours is different because you're actually saying no it is still difficult for me now I mean I still have anxiety like not gonna lie like I'm, I'm just better at handling it but I still have it for sure what helped you during COVID-19 because it kind of got worse right actually um I had to go to therapy <laughs> I went to therapy about three times a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm going to put it out there. Um, it really helped me. Um, I go for therapy too. It helps me. So do I. Till, till today. Till today. I go once a week. It really helps me. What's one thing that you've learned from therapy that you thought, well, that was actually really helpful and it wouldn't have come if I didn't go to therapy? I just want to say that I'm so grateful that I'm even able to go to therapy. I feel very thankful for that because not I know that not everyone can. And I'm very aware of that. And, you know, I, I'm also trying to push to make therapy more affordable. I think that's one of the most important things that I'm trying to do. Um, I've learned so much from therapy. You know, being in the mental health field, I mean, I feel like not only does therapy help me personally, it also helps me learn about others. With therapy, it's like a lesson. What I've learned is that, oh, I've learned so much. I can't even tell you. I've learned about all sorts, like why I have anxiety. You know, it's things that I would not have known, even if I Googled, even if I read about it. I feel like it has to be told. And when someone talks to you, I feel it's so different. I feel, I feel like therapy is so powerful. It's a lot about yeah. the relationship with that person, right? So it's not just, yeah. you're saying it's not just about reading, you know, it's just not about knowledge, but the relationship between yeah. the client and a the therapist is very powerful. Yeah. With therapy, I feel like it's, you know, there's communication. Um, you don't feel so alone. So I feel so grateful to be able to, not that I feel alone, but you know, it's just, I'm very grateful for therapy. Well, it, like, it, make, it, it does honestly. make sense. And I think... We do see a lot of people pushing for mental health related technologies to be developed. And I think there is a place for that. But what can't be replaced is that the fact is that, you know, the research that talks about the efficacy of psychotherapy yeah. shows that a big part of the efficacy is the relationship between it the is. therapist and, and the client. It and, is. you know, a sort of text message here or just going through didactic material doesn't give you that closeness, right? I feel like if I read a book or like if I kind of researched my, my symptoms and whatnot, it wouldn't be the same as, as sitting there. And there are certain exercises that I do with my, my therapist that kind mm. of help with my anxiety. I mean, you have obviously since then, and you said 2016, you've been into mental health advocacy and mm -hmm. learning and keeping yourself as informed as possible. Of course, yeah. um, what are some of the misconceptions that exist in Malaysia about mental health and 
what can we do as a society, even from every level of society, maybe government, community, or, or NGOs, to change some of those attitudes and beliefs? Firstly, there is a huge generational gap. I feel like, I don't want to offend anyone, but you know, I feel like sometimes when you're older, you say, you know, get on with it. Back in the day, my life was harder. Mm. Um, just move on with life and, you know, be strong. And, you know, that's something that I think needs to change because we now live in a world that our parents did not live in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's like when you leave work, you don't really switch off like they used to be able to. Mm. Like when back in the day, when you left work, you really, really leave work, you know, like there's no laptops, you know. So you have that downtime, but do we really have that now? Do our kids have that? Especially in COVID, you know, like kids are, are online and it's not, it's not easy. It's just a different world. We live in a totally different world. So I feel like that this whole, oh, get on with it, be strong, that needs to change. And there's a misconception that if you're going through a mental health challenge, that you're not capable of working and, and whatnot, which I feel needs to change. Of course, you know, everyone's capable and um, we just need to support whoever is going through, you know, a tough time instead of just kind of ostracizing them. Having poor mental health does make it more difficult for you it to work. Does, yeah. Yeah, right. So how, how do you balance that while trying to, you know, say, look, when you have a mental health issue or a mental health condition, if it's more severe, it doesn't mean you're weak, but at the same time, recognizing that it makes it more difficult for you. There is impairment to your, to your life and important domains of your life. And we need, you know, as WHO talks about, like, uh, and UN, to make reasonable accommodations so that yeah. people won't be disabled by the environment. So how do you balance, yeah. you know, those two messages? I think the key term here is support. As a society, as a community, if we know someone is going through a mental health challenge, it's not just for them to work at themselves. It's for us to also help lift them, you know, help hold them. You know, it's so important. I feel that's something we're lacking. We're lacking a bit of um, empathy. Do you know what I mean? For, for yeah. those who are going through such a tough time in their own heads, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not easy. You've worked in the corporate world and, and you're a public figure and this idea of we need to support and, you know, if I'm going to push back on that a little bit yeah. and people say, but it's so expensive, you know, like you think yeah. what, you know, like got money and no money, true, right? True, I mean, true. so what would you say in response to that when you said like, look, we need to support people in our community, in our organizations who are going through a difficult time? Support doesn't just mean therapy, I think. It also means like just saying, hey, I'm here for you. How are you? It doesn't just mean, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down and pay a therapy. No, it means that that little message of, you know, how are you doing today? It, it could mean a lot to that one person. And I always say this, you know, compassion goes a very long way, you know, farther than we ever think. I remember like someone asked me, how are you? And I found it really weird. I think it was like a few years ago. Someone said, how are you doing? And I found that strange. And I don't want to, I want it to not be strange. You know, it's so, it's, it sounds so foreign, you know, like, just randomly asking mm -hmm. someone, how are you doing? You know what I mean? When it needs to be very, it, needs to be, it, should be, it should be something that we ask every day, you know, like to anyone. Yeah. And, and I, I get the feeling sometimes when people ask, you know, how are you to me? I'm just like, well, do you really want to know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and very often people, and as what you're saying, like it doesn't cost, well, maybe it costs you some time, but we're really going with the, the idea that building relationships and relating to people it's oh. what's important and how are you and actually being willing to listen 
yes. and understand uh, to yeah. how people are really doing that that goes a long way it does and that's why it goes back to the, this message that i'm trying to kind of push that we are as malaysians we are very um, empathetic we, you know we've seen it through through our campaigns like keep the jaga keep the you know we can be a very empathetic giving community so i feel like why just in covid do it every day you know keep it going you know it's not just about asking it's also are you willing to listen yeah you know just be more empathetic spend more time building those and nurturing those relationships as friends as colleagues you know i almost feel that little bit of frustration is like what is stopping you yes, and what yes. <laughs> yes. any ideas you know what actually stops people from being empathetic life is so fast paced now that you know people are so busy work is work right we have no time to just stop and just think you know how's everyone doing i mean that's the blessing of covid right just kind of stopping pausing and thinking you know we're able to think and kind of like reflect a bit you know what i mean it slowed everything life. down right everything is so fast you know like i was saying with the phones and stuff and the laptops you don't you're not really ever offline right we never really stop to think <laughs> how is everyone doing and that's something i try and practice you know even with my staff like i'm like how are you how are you doing today and they're like oh good you know it's very normal in my house to ask everyone even my my nannies my staff mm. every day i i try to so it really is is like taking your your focus off yourself and and maybe all the stresses in your world but being putting that aside and focusing on the people around yeah, you yeah because what's the point of having everything but not a happy home or like you know what's the point connection is what drives exactly us. connection you recently launched your platform the green ribbon mm-hmm. campaign mm-hmm. we've seen some social media of the royal family wearing green ribbons so what's the inspiration behind that and how did it come together um last year i was generously given some ribbons from mmha so i thought you know i'm going to give out these ribbons and give it to my friends who are influential so we can spread mental health awareness And the response mm-hmm. I got from that was just insane. Like everyone was like, you know, where can we get this ribbon? How do we get this ribbon? And it just kept and I thought it would stop those mm-hmm. those questions, but it just didn't. It kept coming. How can I get this ribbon? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to make it a regular thing where I can actually sell these ribbons and and you know, promote awareness. So I've actually redesigned the ribbon and yeah, I just kind of want to make it wanted to make it kind of more permanent, like mm-hmm. this awareness of mental health and prominence and and saliency in people's minds and yeah i don't know whether it's me maybe being slightly skeptical mm. perhaps because wearing a green ribbon it, it can become trendy but then not actually lead mm-hmm. to that social reform and change that it's clearly important to you you know so how do you mm-hmm. sort of harness that energy of of i guess trendiness but actually push it towards something that is going to lead to practical and and concrete change. Yeah. One thing that I I found lacking is that these flash campaigns, you know, it happens mm. once and it kind of dies out and and then we have to build up the momentum again and it comes up and then it dies down, right? So what you're really looking for is 24/7 365 days a year, yeah. let's make yeah. mental health important. Yes, correct. It's not a one-off and it's, it's not a trend, it's like a legit like I want to drive change and I want you all to change with me because I can't right. do it alone. 
you know, I think when we look at our mental health system, we can see so many things we want to change, right? I mean, there's so many yeah. gaps and there's so many needs and people, even for me, are constantly coming out and says, hey, you know what you should do? You should look at this and you should look at that. And it becomes quite overwhelming because there's too much. But if we narrow yeah. down our focus and maybe what's one thing that's really big on your heart, on your perspective that you want the Green Ribbon campaign, your platform and your advocacy work to really change? I feel like there's not enough resources to support those who are suffering with, you mm-hmm. know, mental health challenges. I want to see an overflow of resources. Not, I feel like we're under-resourced. We are definitely, money. right. Under right? So right. I'm working on like this kind of scholarship grant thing where I'm incentivizing young kids to, you know, go into that field. We need that, um, that in the country right now. We're kind of, we're lacking in that resource. We know that because I've worked as a lecturer for the past mm. eight years. And, mm. and one thing I've seen is that, you know, when we get more staff, but that's not mm-hmm. necessarily more quality, right? Yes. And, yes. and, and efficacy of services yes. is very important. Yes. So are you looking for both or you just, you know, there was a, a time where the government went, let's just put 10,000 counts and 20,000 counselors there. You know, there's no sort of gatekeeper and, and quality. Yeah. Is there anything that in your mental health advocacy that you are actually looking for? Hey, you know what? We need more numbers, but we need to make sure that the quality of service is there. I feel like there's a lot of change that needs to be done mental health wise. That's why I am sort of trying to push a representative in the Senate. Once there's something in place there, that's when most of the change we can see starts happening. I feel a lot of exciting things. No, and I'm sure there's a lot of things happening behind the scenes as well. So on a final note, what advice would you give to our listeners in terms of looking after their mental health? And what can we do as a society to support one another? To everyone listening, I think that um, it's so important to not just take care of your physical health, but to take care of your mental health. So if that means reading a book, if that means having an off day, if that means going for a walk, do it. Because I feel like we need to prioritize ourselves for anything else, you know, because you cannot pour from an empty cup. As a society, I think we should try to practice more compassion and kindness and ask, how are you? At least once a day, you know, I feel like it it will go a long way and just take care of each other more. (laughs) Try to. I like that. Have more empathy. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very simple. How are you? I I think that's a, that's a great way to end our podcast today the the reminder of take care of yourself and look up for others yeah and can i also just say you're doing such a great job and i love everything you're doing for relate so keep it up thank you thank you for joining us thank you thank you so much for having me and thank you for listening to this episode of being human to find out more about the green ribbon campaign you can follow the instagram account at greenribbongroup.my you can also find out more about Tengku Iman's patronage of the World Federation for Mental Health by visiting www.wfmh.global/malaysia. My name is Dr. Chua Sok Ning, and I look forward to sharing some more valuable insights from the world of mental health with you very soon. Thank you for listening to the Being Human podcast. To find out more about Relate Malaysia's online therapy services, visit us at www.relate.com.my or email us at inquires at relate.com.my. 
You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, remember, we are all more human than we are otherwise. Be kind to yourself and take care.